You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Fair Game podcast. We got a great show for you today. Today's guest, honestly, is one of the kindest people you will ever meet in the fair industry. In her time as a fair manager, she's dealt with all of the ups and downs that leadership has to offer. From fairs that were incredibly successful to flooding and now a pandemic, her leadership has navigated her fair through good times and bad. She joins us today from Columbia, South Carolina, where she's the general manager of the South Carolina State Fair. This is Nancy Smith. Nancy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Robert, and I'm pleased to be here with everyone today. Nancy, I'm glad I could uh, could get you on the show. For the few folks out there that still don't know who you are, and I think that's a very few people, but for those folks, can you give them a little background on how you ended up there at the South Carolina State Fair? Surely, and I know there are multitudes of people that don't know who I am, but all the, but they probably may get a little snippet of it when they hear me talking because I get a little get a little bit from my southern accent here. So, um, if you can see me, you know my hair is a little bit gray. So I've been been in the fair industry for uh, thirty plus years, and I actually got my start in the industry many, many moons ago um, in the home and craft department, uh, working, uh, taking vacation from a part, from a real job to work at the fair at that time. Um, Long story short, Gary Goodman, who was the general manager then, asked me one time after the fair to come into his office, and I thought, oh boy, what has home and craft folks done now? Um, But he, he asked me if I was interested in a full-time job, so I started with um, entertainment and exhibits and sponsorship and marketing um, and just did a lot of things that we all know as fair people, we are multitaskers, so I did a lot of things along that regard, and in 20, uh, 2008, I think I was promoted to assistant manager, and then in 2018, I became manager of the wonderful South Carolina State Fair in Columbia, South Carolina. So tell us about that fair. When does it run? What's your typical attendance look like? Well, our fair is, we are the South Carolina State Fair. A common misconception for us is that we are not state supported. We're a 501c3. And what I uh, always like people to know all over our industry is that, um, you know, we're really dedicated to the agricultural roots of our industry, but also from the educational side, we do um, $300,000 in scholarships annually to graduating seniors that attend an in-state school or university. And that's a really exciting part of our fair. We're the largest event in the state um, on a normal year, which we don't know what normal is anymore, but on a regular year, I would say we are about uh, 500,000 over our 12 day run. And we are located right in the center of the state in Columbia, South Carolina. And for those of you to give you a little bit more um, perspective is where we are. We're located right across the street from the University of South Carolina uh, Gamecocks football stadium and we run every year in the fall in October so October 13 through 24 in 2021 will be our dates and we will be celebrating our 153rd well 52nd fair this year 50 no 53rd sorry COVID has me off a little bit here (laughs) (laughs) off a little bit so your your college town uh right across from SC there and being an SEC school I'm guessing you guys face some of the same challenges that the heart of Texas fair faces out in Waco because they run about the same time as y'all. And when Baylor is playing, you know, you guys try to get a hotel room 
even the Motel 6 wants 250 bucks a night. Is that the same thing that goes on with you guys? You've got it, Robert. But worse <laughs> than that, um, you know, we normally have, we're just, we always pray and we only have one game during the run of the fair. But, um, and we've never had two, although we love our, we love our football. Um, but when you put 80 something thousand people in the stadium and uh, about that much or a little bit less on the South Carolina State Fairgrounds, um, it makes for um, some uh, challenges for us and opportunities that would not be there otherwise. But, right. Um, well, and let's not forget this is this is SEC country we're talking about. You don't. You got to count not only the eighty thousand in the stadium, but there's probably another forty thousand that are on the campus tailgating and listening to the game or watching it on TV. So I yeah. can imagine that on a on a Saturday evening, one Saturday evening at the fair is complete chaos on your grounds. You're right. It is. So, but we're looking forward. You know what? I'm really looking forward to, to that this year. So, uh, that's a positive. That's a real positive. So, and we also we also lease our facilities. Um, our big parking lot that's about 35 acres. We lease that to the University of South Carolina for tailgating too. So, and we have tailgating within our grounds as well. So, lots of exciting things go on there. Very fantastic uh, setup you guys have there. If a new family was come called you up and said, hey, we're coming out to the fair. We just moved to Columbia. What are five must-do experiences for them? Oh, wow. Okay, but, so first I would say, um, of course, we think our South Carolina State Fair is just the greatest fair um, in the world. I would say um, don't miss our great exhibits, our competitive exhibits, including all of our livestock, because well, livestock, anything from um, dairy and beef cattle to sheep and goats and poultry and beyond. And then also our home and craft department, which is really great with all of our, um, you get to see some, a little snippet of everything that South Carolina has to offer. So for a new person coming into South Carolina and coming into our fair, I think that's um, that's that's kind of two things in one there. Uh, but just don't miss that because with you taking everything that the fair has to offer, especially in the competitive exhibits, you get to see a little bit about South Carolina as a whole, which is very exciting. Um, and then of course, you have to have a little bit of that must do food on the fairgrounds. Um, you have to um, taste a little bit of those fist fries or the elephant ears and then the mushrooms, the uh, fried mushrooms that are local here at the South good. Carolina State Fair. You don't want to miss that. Um, and one thing on the fair that's an, that's an icon is the rocket. We have a rocket um, that's a... Um, a Jupiter range ballistic missile that was designed by Chrysler and built by Verna von Braun. And it's at the um, north end of the fairgrounds and it was donated to the city of Columbia in 1969 um, and erected at that time on the fairgrounds. Um, so, but you have to, the, the deal at the fairgrounds with the rocket is meet your family at the rocket. So if you come to the fairgrounds, um, that's one thing you always have to do. You can pay 50 cents and have someone page you and say, you know, Robert, meet your family at the rocket. So you have to meet your family. Some people say meet your mama at the rocket. So that's another, that's another, um, I think, what is that? Four things now I've gotten to that you have to do at the fair. And then um, 
I would say one of my favorite things, and I think you can take it all in, is a must-do at the South Carolina State Fair is ride the Sky Glide, the Sky Glider, which goes from a one end of the fairgrounds to the other. And I would say take a ride on that at night, and you get to you know encompass everything that um, here again that's on the fairgrounds. You've already seen everything that South Carolina does, but you get a little snippet of all the great times. Um, and while you're at the fair, I love to do that because you can just see all the lights you can hear the sounds and the shrieks and the laughter and you can smell that yummy fair food because you're a little bit above it um and then you get to hone in on what you want to eat when you get off of that sky glider too so those are just a few i could go on but that's um, an excellent tactic what do you want to eat for lunch (laughs) i'm not sure let's get on the sky glider and figure it out Uh, that's true Now, your fair seen some ups and downs over the last few years. I think it was back in, what, 2014 or 2015 that you had record flooding that ended up, if I remember, cut your event short. You, now you've got a pandemic. Along the way, you've had some great record-setting years. What's your leadership approach that has enabled you and your staff to navigate all these ups and downs? Right. Well, that's a great question, Robert. In 2015, um, Gary Goodman was actually the manager in 2015 when the flood came along. But I think that just shows, um, you know, I think we should never forget the power of our industry and the power and the pull of how much um, fares overall mean to people. Um, We didn't actually have to cut anything short in 2015. But we, you know, I think the big thing for us to remember with that and in all of the challenges that we go through is that it's really, you know, it's about the people that we serve and what we can do um, to make life better for them. And that comes to mind with me in the flood because, you know, in the midst of all that, it was historic flooding we had, um, you know, we had to bring water in on um, in gallon um, containers, thankfully for just two days, but we were able to have the fair. But what really was amazing about that, which is really putting, into it, putting it into perspective considering COVID as well, is that the people came out to the fair. Um, we had, we recognized, you know, everything that people was going, were, were going through at that time. And we had some free days for them to come in. Um, we recognized all the people that had, you know, made a difference in those people's lives but the comments that we received during that time were thank you so much for having the fair I couldn't stay you know in that hotel room one more night because I needed this I needed to come out and I needed to have my fair fixed in other words so I think that's one thing that we you know should never forget the first year that I was manager of the fair was 2018 everybody laughs at me and then they say I think I'm going to stay away from you a little bit Nancy from now on so 2018 was the first year I was manager and we had a hurricane now you know in South Carolina that's probably not that unusual but what was unusual is that we had to close the fair for one day uh totally we closed it didn't open at all that never been done in our 149 year old history of the fair um but here again we ended up um you know on 11 days better than we would have for the full run i was amazed at, you know we were all amazed at the way that the people came back we you know had some special days for that um but just never taking for granted you know moving forward now um you know into 2020 who would have and i remember saying in 2018 
oh, thank you, Lord. I got through this. You know, we had a hurricane. I got through that. Now we can get through anything. Well, be right. careful of what you say because it's never true. <laughs> and here we were last year in 2020. And I thought, okay, so how do you like a pandemic? Um, <laughs> and then we did some things to, to give back to the community. But still, even through all of that, we saw the power of the fair um, and how important we are to people. And um, I think we should never forget that, you know, and always consider what we can do um, as fair people to what the 4-H slogan says, make the best better and to remember that we are here because of those we serve. Um, and I, that's so important. And that's been brought home to me more now than ever. Looking back at 2020, you, you had to cancel what would have been your traditional fair and you modified. I was reading about it online. You guys went to a drive through fair event instead. That's what you opted for. Tell us about it. Right. We did a drive through fair and we, we did a little bit more than just we knew that we have the opportunity, the good opportunity, um, which is one thing I love about fairs is that we're, you know, we're not in that dog eat dog world. We really share with each other. So we knew that our fairs had uh, our fair friends had other fairs had done drive through food fairs, but we wanted to offer a little bit more to the um, community and give back. So we did um, a kind of a two prong thing. We did a drive through fair exhibit, which our goal for that was to let people know, hey, we've not gone anywhere, we're here. Um, and we added a drive-through food portion to that as well. But the drive-through fair part, um, you know, just it, it encapsulated a little, um, it had everything a little bit about what you would see, a little snippet of what you would see if you came to your fair, anywhere from the home and craft exhibits to our entertainment on the stages. We had some animals, we had some great art exhibits. We had a great, um, you know, a, a lovely, agricultural exhibit with our pumpkins and sugarcane and everything um, and then we we had of course um, frontier village here and I think what was really remarkable about that was the way that our staff came together and our community came together our partners supported us so much in that we needed light towers and other things and you know we had our our, our partners and sponsors really supported us in that so we had the drive-through exhibit portion of that um, and it was uh, six days and we had the drive-through food uh, fair portion for two days and the food went on for a little bit longer. Um, it was a new experience for us. We have, as I said earlier, a 35 acre parking lot and we had three and a half miles of queuing for our food area. Um, and we we had learned from our other fair partners how, uh, you know, what worked and what didn't. So it was an amazing experience. The staff came together, laid it out. It was, we said it was a well-oiled machine. Over six days, we had 20,500 um, vehicles that came through our drive-through uh, food fair. And we had for the two days for the fair exhibit, we had about 5,000 cars that came through during that time time um, but yeah I think that was one of one of my um, moments my fair moments happened when I was at the parking lot for the drive-through food fair and just sat there for a minute on the golf cart and just looked at three and a half miles of queuing you know when the line was closed that was it um, and it was just reminded me again what I just said you know look this, this these people you know they love our fair uh, people love fairs and they need us um, you know uh, we need them and they 
they need us. So it was just an humbling experience to, um, you know, be able to participate in that. And of course, in 2020, our drive-through fair was, um, you know, just one of the, the best things that happened to us for those years. And the response that we got was overwhelming. So yeah, I understand you, you got some, uh, some emails and letters and, and whatnot from the, some of the guests that attended there. You got one you wanted to, uh, to share with us. I did, and it's a little bit long, but I think if you'll bear with me, I think it really says a lot about what fairs are. So, and it's very encouraging for us right now. So, just bear with me with the Southern accent, and I'll try to not talk too swiftly. But it was an art, a, a, a nice email, long letter that we got from one of our patrons. Um, it says, "Miss Smith, I want to take the time to thank you from the bottom of my heart for continuing the tradition of the South Carolina State Fair this year. I know there were many people who were unhappy." with the decision to have a drive-through fair. While it wasn't quite the same experience as a traditional fair, I cannot thank you enough for all the hard work, dedication, and devotion that you put into hosting the fair this year. The state fair holds so many precious memories for me. For literally as long as I can remember, it has been something my family and I look forward to every year. Without fail, when fall rolls around, we would plan our trip. My first state fair was in 1985 in the womb. My brother's first fair was in 1983 when he was a year old. We have attended every fair since. I can remember getting separated from my brother and my dad one year and hearing my childhood nickname blasted over the rocket. Lumpy, uh, meet your family at the rocket. It became a running joke every year for us. A few years ago, I mentioned to my dad that as many years as we've been coming to the fair, we've never gotten a t-shirt. And we're one of those families that likes to buy a t-shirt for everything. So we made our way to the memorabilia tent on the way out and wouldn't you know it, there was one t-shirt left in my dad's size and on the back it said, meet your mama at the rocket. We both laughed and of course that was the shirt we came home with and he wore it to every fair every year thereafter. As I grew older, my best friends, boyfriends, and now my husband have all tagged along. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I made the joke that she better either come before the fair or wait until afterwards because there was no way that I was going to miss my South Carolina State Fair. And now she can say the same thing that I can, that she's been coming to the fair ever since she was in the womb. Through the years, many things changed in my life, but one thing was always the same. No matter what, we were going to the fair. As we got older, it was less about the rides and the food and more about time well spent with family. Now that I have my family of my own, I see that my dad, what my dad was doing for us was not just about the fair. We were busy making memories that would last a lifetime. As the years passed, we always had our must-sees at the fair. At the top of the list for me was the ducklings on the water slide. It has always and will always be my favorite part. My dad liked the exhibits. My brother loved the animals. And we would always time our lunch around the pig races, going our separate ways to grab our favorite foods and then meeting back to, to see the pig races and to get a good seat. And for as long as I can remember on the way out, we would, our dad would buy bags of cotton candy and candy apples to take home. Of course, the cotton candy wouldn't make it home. We would have finished that by the time the car arrived in Sherrall, South Carolina, and we would have the candy apples for breakfast the morning after the fair. For 35 years, I've looked forward to the fair. And then comes 2020. This year has taken so many things from so many people. Our sense of normalcy is gone. 
So many events have been canceled, but the most heartbreaking thing I lost in 2020 was my daddy. He fought a year-long battle with cancer and passed away on the night of April the 26th. I would have never thought that we would have still been dealing with COVID in October. And as silly as that may seem to everyone on a piece of paper now, the relief that I felt when I first read that the fair would still be taking place was overwhelming. But as silly as it may be, not having the fair on the year that I lost my daddy would have been devastating to me because you see, it's not just about the fair. It's not just about the foods or the animals or the rides. It's about creating moments in time that will never be forgotten. This fair for many reasons truly was unlike any other. It was the first year we didn't have our normal rotation of exhibits to visit. It was the first year we didn't debate over buying wristband or tickets or which food to grab first. And it was the first year I'd ever gone to the fair without my daddy. But I am so grateful that you chose to reformat it and still host it despite the circumstances. I've read a good bit about the negative feedback from people who were unhappy with the decision to have a drive-through fair, but I cannot begin to express how much it meant to me that despite all COVID has taken away, there was still a South Carolina State Fair. And it was a fair that I'll never forget. We enjoyed the memories so much. We drove through twice on Tuesday, two times through the exhibits, two times through the food, and my pants are fitting a little tighter today, but who can say no to some of that yummy fair food? So in closing, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for allowing me to continue the tradition that my daddy started. Thank you for all the memories that we made at the fair, and most importantly, thank you for the past 34 years of memories. We love the South Carolina State Fair. And Robert, I don't think that that lady is any different from, you know, many of us now that, um, you know, I'll always treasure that letter. And uh, the COVID year took away a lot of things. But after hearing that, I think it's so important for us to hear that because there's some things that COVID will never take away. Um, and we're fair people. And we always need to remember um, those kind of things are things that nothing will take away. Um, and what a gigantic difference we make in people's lives. How do you read that letter without choking up? Well, you can't see me really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh my it was, God. But I'm it a wreck just over really, here. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a long letter, but I'm telling you, um, I think, you know, we get things in times when we really need them most and we needed to hear that. That was one letter that we got. We got another letter from um, someone that came to the drive-through fair who was elderly. And they said, I just want to say thank you for having the drive-through fair. I'm not really able to walk anymore, which, you know, some of us, we take some things for granted. But he said, I was able to come to the drive-through fair with my granddaughter in the car. And we had a fabulous time. Um, you know, she's eating her candy apple now. And I'm taking home a bag of cotton candy for my 52-year-old son. And he'll be very <laughs> excited to get it. Um, and then we also got others from our concessionaires. I think it's important to know that, um, you know, how very, very thankful they were um, that we were able to have the fair. We got a giant bouquet of flowers the next morning and the gentleman said, I just want you to know um, you saved us this year. Um, this was one of our first events. And I mean, it, it was overwhelming the response that we had and, and people came out. So I think all of those things together, Robert, just remind us, um, you know, how important we really are and um, that 
you know, COVID, uh, COVID can't, COVID can't uh, fight with affairs because we just make too much difference to people. I'm telling you what, you and John Sykes getting me choked up on my own show. I'm telling you. <laughs> Oops, I'm going to say that's a good thing though, Robert, right? <laughs> it, it is because I hear stuff like that. And, um, you know, sometimes from the entertainment side, um, in order to be successful, you got to run it like a business. That was one of the first great pieces of business advice I got when I, when I started out back in like 2004 run it like a business, but there's so much more to it in this industry than just a business. And to hear stories like that and to know that, you know, for, for that person that you just read that letter who wrote it, you know, those moments, it's not about, Oh, I got to pay for parking and pay for a ticket, but I'm going to get my corn dog. It is an entire memory. It's an entire lifetime of memories for so many people in our fair audience. I know that when I've been out there doing Conjure Fortune Machine, which I think is just one of the goofiest things I could have ever created. But when I get messages from people that say, you know, you said this or that to me that was kind of funny, but the fortune card, um, no one had ever told me I mattered before. And you did, you know, because the fortune cards have something meaningful on them. When I've got, you know, I've had 22 year old women that have just gotten out of bad relationships. They're like, I'm discovering my self-worth and this fortune card is pushing me in that, helping push me in that direction. And I'm like, I'm just a goofy act at the fair, but we're making differences little. We're making, we're, we're giving people moments and moments make memories. Um, that's a fantastic yeah. letter. I hope yeah. you guys frame that. I'm going to, as I have, but I have the original and then I have several copies around, but you're right. We do have to run it like a business. That's a great piece of, um, of, um, you know, wisdom and a great nugget. But I think personally that you, we always have to, because we know we cannot, um, you know, I'm not cuckoo enough to know that we got, we have to have money to survive and we have to be successful. Right. But I think if we pair that with what we just heard with that letter and always remember, um, that yes, we do, but if we do think things in the right manner um, and continue to give back because I think that's one of the successes of our industry. We're not a selfish industry. We realize, you know, that in order to continue to keep going and to be who we are, we have to continue to give back. Um, and it does make a difference. We are different. You know, I say that, um, you know, we're not quite right. But that's a compliment in our industry. I think yes, anyone that knows me, that's one of us. I, know I said, I'm going to put that on our job um, applications here. You have to be able to check yes to that box. You know, you're not quite right because, um, you know, we do things in the, um, you know, we're, we make a difference, I think, in ways that other people don't. And, and fairs are traditions. And I think that, that um, the, our, our young lady expressed that very well in the letter. You know, that's. It's funny because that's exactly that type of person that writes that letter and the people that work in this industry, are the type of people that I made my video for last spring when I released that video about the fairs and we'll be here when it's time. That was for them. And that was, that was for all those people that are heartbroken because these events are gone right now. Um, but I think we're, we'll get them back. We got vaccines coming. We've got, you know, the more cases you have, I guess the more, you know, you build towards herd immunity, we will get there. They got, past, we, we, listen, America and the world got past 1918. We got past World War One, World War Two. We got past Vietnam. We got all of these things come and go. 
We did, and that's a that's an interesting little snippet for me that I probably can say this something that a lot of people can't. That um, my mother is one hundred and four; she's one hundred and four years old, and so she was um, two years old in nineteen eighteen when the pandemic came. Um, and I remember when all of this started, you know, a long time ago. She said, "Nancy, I just want to tell you, I remember, you know, um, you know, I, she can she can remember people in masks. She can remember the masks that everyone wore." mask at that time and she said it came in February and then it came back in October with a vengeance and I remember this was early on I said mom I didn't really want to hear that <laughs> um but along with that um you know we you know I we saw you know what happened you know we were not able to have our regular fair in October it was you know <laughs> not going to happen um right. but you're absolutely right we've survived that you know and, and she her words of wisdom were the same you know that um you know there's a reason for everything um and this too shall pass and I think we just need to remember um we don't need to concentrate on um all of the negatives all at the time as we talked about earlier we need to remember who we are yeah. um and that and what a difference we make and that we have a very unique uh, spot in this world and the world needs us now more than ever. Yeah, I can tell you when it's finally time to get back out there um, and it's 110 degrees, you know, I had Walter Marquez and the, some of the folks from LA County on the show. And I remember when I did their fair, it was 115 degrees inside the fortune box. Yeah, it was so hot in Pomona <laughs> and it was just miserable. And I will just never complain about that again. Yeah. <laughs> I will just yep. be like, yep, it's hot. I'm going to go out. I'm going to knock this out in 30 minutes, and then I'm going to go get some water. That's I'm right. Yeah. Being able to go out and, and not have a mask and not feel like I'm restricted and not feel like, oh, my God, do you go to the grocery store the way I do and you sneeze just because yeah. you sneeze and everybody's <laughs> looking at you like, run, run. Ooh. Get away, get away. Yeah, I think one thing it's taught us never to take anything for granted. I mean, who would have ever dreamed that? But it, you know, in the midst of, of everything that, um, you know, has been negative. And I think, um, you know, I know it's, it's been a, a long road for a lot of us. And some of us are going to take, it's going to take a little bit longer to get back than others. Um, but I like to think and know that we've learned a lot along the way and that not only that, but that we're stronger. And I think for us here in South Carolina, we've learned, you know, did we get a little bit complacent in what we're doing and how we're doing things? I think that's another thing that is we can take as a positive to, you know, open our eyes. Um, and I know like other managers, many of them, you know, I've been going through everything with a fine tooth comb, seeing how we can do things better. Um, and that's never a bad thing. That's always a good thing. Well, I think that's one of the real silver linings. We've talked about it before on the show, and I'm sure you've dealt with it with your board at some point in your career, the whole, um, well, we've always done it that way. And we get stuck because something seems to work and it works okay. Uh, we get stuck there. And I do the same thing, even with my fortune machine. I'm like, nope, I like the way it is. And now COVID's making me go, well, what if I'm going to have to put plexiglass in the box and the windows, which I didn't want to do, but okay. So then how does that, how's that going to communicate with the audience? Well, do we need to make the thing more mobile so that I can literally drive it around the whole, do we change the audio system? Do we, all these things that force me to innovate and from folks that we've talked with on the show, it's forcing them to innovate literally to like, you know, we were able to have a fair, but we had to have distancing restrictions and we had to change traffic flow through a building. Oh, wait, we actually got, more people through that building and better results because we changed the entrance we use those types of things that 
Mm-hmm. Thank you, COVID, because it actually forced us to innovate. Right. And we're looking at all of those things now. And I dare say that many of them we would have never even dared to think about if we had not maybe in a way been forced to do so. So I think exactly. we're all going to we'll be different, but we'll be better. And I definitely think we'll be stronger for having gone through it. Yep. And speaking of, of changes and doing things differently, just announced um, on Monday, March the 1st for Context uh, for those listening, we're recording this on Wednesday, March 3rd. IFE just announced 2022, or excuse me, yeah, 22. We're going to Indianapolis. Woo! New location. What do you think about that? I think that's fabulous. Um, Indiana, we're going to Indianapolis, and you know, you can get on um, fairsandexpos.com if you haven't seen that announcement and said all of the details. Um, I think it's here again, I think it's probably just a, a what great timing. I just thought about this as I'm t- talking to you, Robert. You know, COVID's come along, we're doing things differently. Um, you know, we need to shake up things a little bit. Po- the response to that has been overwhelmingly positive. I don't know how many of our guests, um, you know, have been to Indiana um, and know the great Cindy Hoy, our Indiana State Fair manager, but um, couldn't be a better place to visit. I've been to Indiana on several occasions. And if you look at all of the um, positives that Indiana has to offer, um, I am so excited about that. And I applaud our IAFE, um, you know, for making wise decisions for our industry, which by the way, I think we always, always need to give them a shout out for everything they've done during all this, but I'm very excited about 2022 um, and just really, really looking forward to, um, you know, a new venue and um, just doing things differently, which goes right along with what we're doing now. Yes. And and thank you to IAFE for all of their support um, that they give us um, all day, every day, all through the year. So, yep, they're, they're terrific. You know, we had Marla on early in the season and it, my eyes were huge talking to her about the the level of work the depth that she's had to go to to dig out and sort out information within the pandemic and disperse it out to everybody in the the all the fairs um she's fantastic and i think the decision to go to indianapolis is a good one provided it doesn't snow thanksgiving weekend (laughs) in the north okay we're going to be thinking positive but i'm from south carolina so you know just just remember now there was snow in las vegas one year when we went you can't forget that there was snow what year year. was that was it i don't Uh, know Oh, I'm so old now. It was it was quite a while, but we were there. It might have been before snows, my time. So. 2009 was my first time, but it's yeah, I, it's I, I don't, I, you know, it, with my luck, it'll be the year that there's 18 inches of snow. But I'll, I'll still be there. <laughs> by God, I'll still be there. I just yeah. I really like the idea of of changing, you know, the trade show floor and things moving around. I think that's good for business because, as I've said on the show before, you all as entertainment buyers and people that shop the trade show for the variety of services you need. In Las Vegas, after 40 some odd years, you started to get blinders because things were in the exact same place every year. So you went exactly where you needed to go and and people left. And I said to Sarah, when we go to San Antonio, something big's going to happen for us. She said, why? I said, because people are actually going to see us. It's going to change. It's going to force that that visual bias. It's going to turn it off. Sure enough, Linnell Smith from the Sydney Royal Easter Show walks up and goes, this fortune machine's really cool. When did you bring it into the, start doing it at the trade show? I'm like, 2011. She's like, <laughs> never seen it i'm like i know <laughs> the blinders on when it's the same thing every year so i say yeah. change the trade show floor make it different and and let's go to go to work 
That's right. And, you know, that is true. And, and you know, as we're talking, as I said, it's just a great um, segue into everything we've been through is so differently. And I would be very, very remiss if I didn't say thank you to folks like you, Robert, um, who helped to keep us going and make us who we are as an industry. Um, you know, our associates are so, so, so important for us. And, you know, that's another thing that I love about our industry, um, you know, that we all, you know, work together. So, um, yes, exciting time are coming, um, you know, not only for 2021, but then we have something really great to look forward to to 2022 and beyond. So yeah. yes, I'm hugely excited about that and um, looking forward to all the fun and seeing where you'll be in, in the trade show in uh, location in 2022. Maybe that's, that's right. a trivia question later on. Right. So. That, yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was Robert's booth number in 2022? <laughs> that's right. Well, it is exciting times. Unfortunately for times, we're just about out of it. Um, before we sign off here, everyone who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. So I'm going to ask you six quick questions. You give me your best answer for each. Nancy Smith, are you ready? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about this, but yes, I think I am. I don't know. <laughs> well, if you'd been listening to the podcast, you would have known about it. <laughs> Question one. Don't make me look too bad. <laughs> oh, no, you're going to look amazing. This is amazing. You, you always are. Everybody loves you, Nancy. Come on now. <laughs> Question one. This is a simple one. Favorite fair food? Fisk fries. Fisk fries. Fisk fries? Fisk, F-I-S-K-E. That's Southern for fisk, F-I-S-K-E. <laughs> okay, what's, what's special about those fries? Um, ooh, they're just so nice and crisp, and I like them with salt and a little bit of spritz of vinegar on them. Ooh, there you go. They're yummy. Question, question two, most enjoyable vacation destination you've ever been to? Uh, Folly Beach with my family. Question three, best concert you ever attended? Alabama at the fair. Of course, it's got to be at the fair. Number four, first, <laughs> first who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, well, I guess, I don't know. Glenn Campbell? I don't know. <laughs> okay, we'll take I'm it. I'm not a celebrity crush kind of person, but yeah, okay. I can okay. remember going to a concert many, many moons ago. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, a movie is made about your life. Which actress would play you? Oh, probably Carol Burnett because I'm crazy, okay? Oh, she's a legend. <laughs> she. Oh, yes. <laughs> that would have been per Yes. Absolutely. Last question. This one you'll get a laugh at. On the last day of the IEFE trade show, is your badge facing forward or backward? Oh, forward, of course. <laughs> That's such a great question because I ask it and all of you are like, they know. They know. Well, you know, we just we sitting in on the trade show floor. We 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 know who's got their badge backwards and forwards. I, I will say I do think your badge is pretty much always my badge has never been backwards. It's always been forward. And everyone's badge should be forward <laughs> with who they are. You heard it on the fair game podcast, people. Every badge forward. And it should say entertainment director in real big flashing lights so we know who to bug and who not to bug. That's right. <laughs> That thing's like a family reunion for me, though, Robert. It takes me two hours to get, like, um, down two aisles. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, Nancy Smith, if folks want to reach out, how can they get in touch with you? 
Nancy S at SCStateFair.org. I would love to hear from you and um, enjoyed it so much, Robert. Thank you again for everything you do. I'm glad you could be on the show today. Um, speaking of family reunions, are we going to see you at Zone 2 for uh, Florida Fairs in May? Yes, sir. Yes, I sir. I wouldn't miss my own zone. Woo! Zone 2 rocks. There. Zone okay. 2 all the way. I will look forward to seeing you down there in Naples. Nancy Smith, General Manager of the South Carolina State Fair. We wish you all well in 21. Look forward to seeing you in Naples here in a couple months. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you, Robert, and happy fair to everyone. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.